Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next Customer Success Conversations podcast. As always, I'm Adam Joseph, your host and founder of CSM Insight. Well, today's episode on the pod is slightly different to some of the others I've recorded in the past, and that I'm delighted to welcome not just one, but two special guests. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome Suna Beth Moore and Jason Noble. Now, I'll let both the guys do a, a proper introduction into themselves in a minute. And indeed, both have been guests on the podcasts historically. But Sue is the, the founder of a, a customer success consultancy business called Success Track Enterprise and has held senior level customer success roles at companies such as IKO and Micropole. And Jason, you may know as one half of the two Jason's customer success webinar series, the excellent series alongside Jason Whitehead. And he also has uh, led senior customer success positions at companies such as ITG and Goodlord. So, Sue, Jason, a very warm welcome to you both. Sue, why don't you kick off and give us a proper introduction? Yes, thanks, Adam. Hello, everybody. So, soon a bit more. Um, I'm a passionate customer success leader. Um, and as Adam said, I have my boutique consultancy called Success Track Enterprise, and which alludes to Star Trek. So I don't think any Star Trek fans out there. <laughs> um, so basically, I, I help companies either define or refine, as we know, customer success is never ending, their customer success approaches. I'm also the partner with Tritons, and we're offering a subscription-based customer success training either for CSMs or, or leaders actually managing a team of CSMs. And I'm also evangelizing customer success across Europe by organizing different meetups and events. I'm the co-founder of Customer Success Europe, which is now actually merged into Customer Success Network. So I'm very excited to be currently preparing meetups in Lisbon and Paris over the next month. And there'll be a full-day event called Engage Paris, which will take place in June. And it's the first ever full day they have been dedicated to customer success and which will be in French. Et voilà. <laughs> Et voilà. I won't even try and, and uh, respond to that in my secondary school pigeon French that was, was bad at the time and probably even worse now. Jason, over to you. Yeah, good, good morning, guys. Uh, thank you for the intro, Adam. So I'm, I'm Jason Noble, as Adam says. Um, I, I've been around in the customer success space for a, a good few years now. But, but I actually started my, my life off as a chartered accountant many, many years ago. Moved back into technology in the days of licensed on-premise software, working to start within financial services with technology companies. So the forerunner to what is fintech now, building support and service organizations and operations for a range of technology organizations, both startups, large enterprise customers. Moved then into the world of service delivery, account management, program management, working in global roles for organizations like Sony, Reed Elsevier, and SunGuard. Uh, and then more recently, I've been working with more niche technology startups, Good Lord and ITG, as Adam said, um, helping them successfully build uh, and then lead their customer success programs and operations and going in and really helping build out processes that are all about increasing customer growth. How do you scale them? How do you go about rapid growth? And being that person that comes in, as, as Sue said, part of the role we have to do is evangelize what customer success is. I, I always think part of the role of any CS leader is coming in and continuing that evangelizing within the business. So it's coming in, helping business understand what customer success can do, what the value is. For me, the focus in all my career has always been about the customer, even before we called it customer success. And I think the, the evolution into the world of customer success more formally 
really came more natural for me. It was a really natural evolution. I, I'm really lucky that the last couple of years I've spent in with a, a number of small organizations on more short-term engagements, helping and advising them, organizations going through their own business digital transformations which are ultimately all about getting the focus back on the customer and what what i really do is help organizations be more customer centric great Th- thank you guys and and so as you can tell i think between the three of us we've got a a real passion for uh, not only star trek as sue put it but also <laughs> customer success as well and um, we've known each other for many years and i'm delighted to say we're actually all working on a joint project together that we we wanted to use today's podcast to just tell you guys about about the basis behind the idea, I think, is a, a really interesting one. One of the, the challenges that we all saw when we ran customer success or we talked to businesses today is the need to want to improve the customer experience of, of every single client and not just those who pay the, the most money. I mean, I'm sure many of us have seen that famous triangle, which shows, you know, that that relatively small number of high paying customers at the very top who get a very customized human approach. But obviously, as you kind of go down that triangle, that, that doesn't necessarily scale because you can't deliver a very customized approach to to the higher number of smaller paying customers where you have to rely more on a, a one size fits all technology driven approach. So Sue, Jason and I sat down and we discussed this problem when we I think we're all share that same feeling of well, how do you deliver that at scale? And oh, through many coffees and dare I say beers or, or glasses of wine later, we decided to try and do something about it and try and disrupt the market by coming up with something that we're calling customer success outcomes. And as we said, what we thought, what better way to, to tell people about it than get together on a podcast. Sue, why don't you kick off and just give us some of your initial thoughts about you know, how you feel about this subject? Yes. Yeah, so I like your several glasses of wine later, Adam. So <laughs> So, you know, so we came up with this customer success outcomes, for short CSO, and we're really focused on facilitating the outcomes for our customers and the customers of our customers. Um, so we've seen in the market that many companies focus the majority of their resources, time and energy on those higher paying companies, what we refer to as the so-called high touch approach. And this means really engaging on a regular human basis with these high-touch clients. The companies do not have the resources to cover all of their customers, and so they tend to focus higher-paying ones in priority. So for the lesser-paying customers, I think there is usually the so-called low-touch approach, but due to a lack of time and resources, this is fairly limited. So I think the outcome for these so-called long-tail customer segments is reduced adoptions, reduced performance, reduced outcomes, and consequently, higher churn rates. And I think in some cases, these lesser paying customers may even have what we call the tech touch approach, meaning that the engagement from the vendor is automated somehow. And in worst case scenarios, there are even those segments where there's actually a no touch approach and where the customers are actually neglected. Without virtual CSMs, customer success outcomes offer, I think this will really enable to solve this issue by rapidly and effectively providing specialized, what we call virtual CSMs. You are going to close this gap and to really provide the insights to drive adoption, to drive performance, and to drive those outcomes and the ROI for the companies. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you beautifully put there, Sue, some of the, the challenges we're dealing with. You know, a customer base that, in my opinion, has been largely 
I wouldn't say ignored, but there definitely has been, a, I think, a struggle for a lot of companies to try and figure out, find that perfect balance between wanting to try and serve all of your customers in the best way possible, but obviously not want to overstretch or overburden your existing customer success team. Even if you have some companies out there obviously don't have a customer success resource yet and, and try and just deliver reactive support through help desks and such. And as you say, I mean, not only are there going to be challenges there to help these organizations overcome, but clearly there, there will be as massive opportunities that you can't realize just because it, it's very difficult to, to really know and predict what, what the likely outcome is from, from working with these, these customers. Jason, I'm sure you've seen similar things as well in your experience, right? Absolutely. And I, I think, Sue, you've hit on some really key points. I think one other thing to add is one thing that I've seen in a number of organizations that I've spent time with is almost the flip side. It's not that they're, they're doing a different approach, that they're ignoring these, these tail end of customers, but it's that they, they're providing the same level of service for every single customer. So you, you have a CSM team that's working at your high touch, your large enterprise customers, and they're being serviced exactly the same as your smaller customers. So they're trying, it's a very reactive model, you know, customer success starts off being reactive, but it's that one size fits all approach. So that absolutely doesn't scale and you get problems there where how do you address all the customers? How do you make sure that you grow the team? You can't grow the team just by adding more and more resources. So, so what people often do is they, they run into problems where there's burnout, that the CSMs really can't cope with the volume of work coming in. The customers have unrealistic expectations as to what they what they should be receiving, what the services are, what success looks like. And, and it can really be a bad situation to get into that can really spiral out of control. And, and I think by, by not segmenting the customers there and looking at how we treat them differently is a potential really difficult problem to get into. I've seen organizations look at tech touch as well. Right? And I think the, what a lot of the, the theory is that, you know, tech touch is, is a great idea if we automate pretty much all of the customer journey. But again, what customers want is that human contact. So tech touch in its purest format just doesn't work. People still want to speak to people at the right points in the customer journey. And I, I've seen ideas that we've, we've called like tech enabled touch when you bring in people at the right points. And I think this, this customer success outcomes model that we're looking at really can allow that. It can allow the people side of it to come in alongside an automated journey, which really adds a lot more value. Mm. So I think to reiterate what Sue said, you know, we, we're seeing a very challenging situation with organizations, but, but it's not just that they're not being served, it's potentially that they're being overserved, and technology organizations and providers just are not resourced or geared up to do it. You've raised some excellent points there. As a CS leader, I want to be able with some confidence to try and predict which customers are likely to grow, which ones are going to got that opportunity there, and which ones are going to churn. And the problem is there's so much left to chance because you simply don't know. And so what we wanted to do through this customer success outcomes model was to put allow customer success leaders to be able to have a much greater certainty and be able to predict exactly what the likely outcomes were from, from all of their customers through really having a much better understanding of why they're using a solution, what they're looking to get out of it, and what the, the likely future outcomes are. So Jason, we've spoken about called this business customer success outcomes. Why don't we talk about those, what those outcomes were, and, yeah. and why we focused on those four? I, and, and it's a really great thing. You know, we, we, we could look at a range of different services, and I think well, the three of us discussed this before, how broad does this go? But 
but by packaging it up into four specific outcomes, I think it really gives some very nice deliverables that, that are really clear. And I think from what we've discussed, really address some key points in the customer journey. So the four that we're, that we're looking at are one around onboarding, one around adoption when it comes to inactivity, one around adoption when it comes to features and using those features, and the last one is around renewals. So just diving into each of those in a little more detail. So the onboarding one is ultimately how do we help the customers successfully onboard with the solutions that you as a technology organization are using. So we'd look at things like how do you send additional welcome communications to them? What are the, the access details they need, the key benefits from, the, from using the solution, more around what the outcomes they can expect, performing basic user-level training, so how they could use uh, and perform basic functions within the system, within the service, just to help them get that first kickstart to using it and the understanding of what it can do, to then communicate and help resolve any challenges, any roadblocks they have, looking at checking usage and adoption after the go-live date. And I think the key thing is well, once they've gone live, they're not necessarily seeing that value moment or the time to value straight away. So how do we make sure that they're still using the system correctly? So we'd look at a number of checkpoints, potentially seven days, 14 days, 28 days, a month later, and follow up then to understand why they're seeing drop-offs in activity, what they can do. But then also look at gathering that early feedback. So once they've gone through onboarding, what's the feedback? Did it work for them? What, what do they need next? What was missing? And I think that focus on boarding is a really, really key deliverable that was going to make a big impact on that initial stage of the journey for these customers that might not have had that additional engagement. The second one is around adoption and adoption specifically related to inactivity. So this is how do we get users who perhaps haven't logged in, perhaps not using the system as much as we'd like it to, getting these inactive users to access our customer solutions more and help them achieve that early value. Now, what do those early value moments look like? How do we align it back to what their expected outcomes were and deliver to those? So gather feedback from the users as to why they're not using the technology, go through phone calls, communications there to understand what the problems are, what the challenges are, make sure that's then fed back to the product, the engineering teams, then send communications to them on additional product features, additional details that they need, what the customer journeys could be like for them, what they should be starting to do, any other features. We then look at doing similar to the onboarding piece, but look at follow-up user-level training on specific features, but do it at a one-on-one -on -one level, so really focused training for certain user groups and users defined. Follow-up support queries that the users might raise, and then communicate back with the users again, so similar to the onboarding, but make sure you're having that feedback loop there, and after a set period, we're speaking to the users again to understand how they've worked, how the trainings felt with them, have they got that adoption, have they got that they wanted from it. The third one was adoption around features. So reducing the, the consumption gap, so the areas of where the solution is that they're using but not getting value from it for their existing users. So they may be using a very, very limited subset of functionality and just not getting the full value of that. So identify features with them that they're not using based on feedback and calls with them. Perform, again, user-level training on those specific features, help them start using them, show what they're missing. Provide feedback then to the product teams on any issues identified so that the product development, the engineering functions can work to identify and fix any issues there. That, um, to then communicate and resolve any roadblocks similar to the adoption one about how do you make sure that the customers 
is there a reason they're not using the features that we want them to is the reason why their adoption has been so low so understand that and then similar with the inactivity one go back and do communication after we've gone through this additional training on these additional features so i think the two things around adoption are really to understand what the problems are why they're not seeing that adoption go through some training some one-on-one -on -one guidance as to what they can do and then follow up to make sure that they are doing that. The, the last deliverable, I think, is a really, really critical one, particularly for these small organizations. It's around the renewal. So we want to know a set number of days out from renewal, 90 days, uh, as to the likelihood of renewal or actually the likelihood of churning. And what can we do about that? So provide insight reports 90 days out from the renewal using product data, using support data, using health score data. We'd set up calls with key stakeholders at the customers to understand from their point of view, what their perception is, what their likelihood of renewal is. We document that feedback. We provide that feedback to the customer success team, the wider customer success team, the customer success leadership function, but also the commercial function. And then communicate with the stakeholders on what actions need to be taken prior to the renewal both from the point of view of, of the technology customers that we're working with and also them as the organization. And then post-renewal, go through another feedback loop to make sure that we're addressing any concerns that have been raised to make sure that they're on track for another successful year or period of years with us as an organization. So I think those, those four deliverables mm. really put the focus rather than it be such a broad offering, which I think there is there is an element of appeal for it, but it's really focusing on these are the four elements that we've come to, we've seen as big challenges around that. Yeah, exactly. And as you, as you look at that customer journey from implementation or launch all the way through to what you might call that nurture stage, where clearly ongoing adoption, but not only adoption, but making sure that your customers are getting value. And obviously, if they're not logging in, as to Jason's point around inactivity, they're, they're clearly not going to get value. But even if they are, it's about are they utilizing the rich feature set that your product offers that matches their in initial use case, and then clearly what their intention is around renewal. And so, Sue, so, you know, I, I think we, we try to come up with the more outcome-based approach because I think these are the key challenges that we've seen in our experiences, right? That's right. And I think with the services that we're going to be providing with the virtual CSMs, there'll be lots of outcomes. Um, so one of them we, we've touched upon it will be you know, the fact that by just increasing retention for those long-tail customers, which are usually high volume, can have an incredible impact on the revenue increase. So, um, so, you know, there have actually been business cases in the market where outsourced CS uh, services have already proved that benefit and that ROI. And I think also another benefit, another outcome, is the reduction in the cost of the CSNs um, who are actually looking after those long-tail customers proactively. Uh, it, it means that, you know, for your HR investments, you can actually focus on your high-touch enterprise-type customers and where there is a high win-win expansion uh, and allow the, the customer success and the virtual teams that we are proposing to, to focus their efforts on helping you with the long tail. I think also that will have the benefit of reducing the time and the cost and some of the errors because it really is a learning curve. I think to deal with, with those low-touch customers it really is quite a challenge sometimes to figure out how to do that. You know, it's not easy to scale. It's not easy to put automated processes into place. So, so having the, the virtual CSM will certainly help to reduce the time, cost and errors which are incurred there. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Sue. I mean, I think hopefully from what Jason, Sue and, and I have said, I, I think 
hopefully you can see some of the the reasons why we're so passionate about a this whole idea started with that ethos of wanting to give exceptional levels of, of customer success to every single client not just those at the, the very top of that triangle so look we're incredibly excited to, to try and do something different in this way and and obviously we're, we're just at the start now but certainly as we carry on we'll, we're excited to share further news and information as, as we go on um, but for now Sue Jason thank you so much for joining me today and here's to a fantastic partnership between us Thank you, Adam. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Jason.